Restore my spirit, Lord. I need restored. My heart is weary. Please help me, dear Lord. I stand in need of more strength from your word. Renew my love. Rebuild my faith. Oh, restore my soul. This is Brother William Kantz with this week's lesson from Isaiah 52, verse 13, through Isaiah chapter 53, verse 12. And the title of this week's lesson is The Suffering Servant. From the New King James Version of the Bible, the text reads, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently, He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Just as many were astonished at you, so his visage was marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths at him. For what had not been told them, they shall see. And what they had not heard, they shall consider. Chapter 53. Who has believed our report? And to him, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, 
and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. Praise God's holy and divine word. Let us listen and act on his will and his way. Here in Isaiah chapters 52 and 53, we have the fourth and the longest of the servant songs, which are written in the form of Hebrew poetry. The servant is Israel in its ideal form. Notice Isaiah 49 and 3. The nation was to be a nation of priests, as noted in Exodus 19 and verse 6. But the Messiah would be the high priest who would atone for the sins of the world. This last of the servant songs in Isaiah is frequently quoted in the New Testament. Acts 8, chapter chapter 8, verses 30 through 35, and 1 Peter, chapter 2, verses 22 through 25. Both of those describe the Messiah. Isaiah writes, Behold, my servant shall act wisely or prudently in contrast to the powerless idols fashioned by man. God's servant is the truth, the way of salvation. The servant's success is of God's will. The messianic servant is the only hope for a truly just world. The Messiah will bring not only individual spiritual forgiveness and health, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18, but also the establishment of perfect justice. This servant song emphasizes the distinctiveness of this servant's message with themes of humiliation, exaltation, and salvation. These recurring themes of God's uh, kingdom. Divine wisdom is accessible through the Lord's servant, the arms of judgment, Isaiah 51 and verse 5. Jesus' greatest act of service was his willingness to suffer and die for humanity. Although he deserved exaltation, he chose humiliation. As he stated, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his ransom for many, Matthew 20 and verse 28. Our lesson text, Isaiah 52, 13 through 53 and 12, depicts this sacrifice long before it occurred. Isaiah uses a literary technique the prophetic perfect tense to describe future events that are so certain to happen that they are referred to in the past tense as if they had already happened. That Isaiah predicted the sacrificial death of Jesus is clear from the New Testament's application of the passage. When the eunuch, the Ethiopian treasurer, asked about the identity of of the individual described in the text from Isaiah, as written in Acts 8, verse 32 and 34, which says, Philip opened his mouth 
and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Peter clearly had Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 and verse 11 in mind when he wrote, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds we are healed. 1 Peter 2 verse 24 and 25 in the New American Standard. We'll come back to that. Jesus gave himself as a proxy for us. He stood in our place. Chapters 52 and 53 are replete with graphic descriptions of the suffering of Jesus Christ. When Matthew saw the miracles Jesus did, the passage in Isaiah 53 and verse 4 came to his mind. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Matthew 8 and verse 17, English Standard Version. The prophet Nahum speaks in words similar to Isaiah chapter 52 and verse 7 when he wrote, Behold on the mountains the feet of him who brings good tidings, who proclaims peace. That's in Nahum chapter 1 and verse 15. The Apostle Paul said that it was a matter of first importance to his message that Christ died for our sins. For I have delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and he rose again the third day. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3a. Jesus is the subject that Isaiah masterfully describes in our scriptural lesson. Here, embedded in Isaiah, is our Lord and Savior. Like Philip, Matthew, Peter, and Paul, we must be prepared to start with the biblical truth of selfless servanthood and assist new converts find the true and living Savior. The call of Zion in Isaiah 51 verse 9 is answered by the call of God in Isaiah 52 and verse 1. The elect are called to minister to Zion who, who are expected to respond to minister to others. Throughout these chapters, we continue to see Israel's coming judgment while pointing to the future hope of a new covenant and the coming of the Messiah. Our passage reveals God's confidence in his servant. Making this known, he announced, Behold, my servant shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. Isaiah 52 and verse 13. This does not mean the Lord's servant will necessarily be exalted while on earth, for the prophet is about to describe how he would be wounded and bruised, that is, the servant. Verse 5 in chapter 53. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross, willing, offering himself on it as on an altar of sacrifice so that we might die to sin. 
meaning becoming immune from the penalty and the power of sin, and live for righteousness, for by his wounds you, that is, who have believed, have been healed. Again, 1 Peter 2 and verse 24. By his stripes we are healed. We who believe and serve faithfully are cleansed of our sin. The Lord recognizes the eventual exaltation in heaven of the servant. Therefore, God has also exalted him, which is above every name, that at the time of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. To our understanding, Brother Paul explains, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. Philippians 2, verse 9 through 12. Jesus understood why he came to earth. According to the author of Hebrews, Jesus said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. And the psalmist wrote, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart, Psalm chapter 40, verse 8. He knew God's plan included him, his dying on the cross. He predicted such to his dis- disciples. Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished, for he will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him, and the third day he will rise again. Luke chapter 18, verses 21 through 33. And then Jesus continued saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Luke 24, verse 7. He also stated that it was his choice to make. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. John 10, verse 18. Despite his knowledge of the pain and suffering he would endure, Jesus, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Luke 9 and verse 51. He knew he was the suffering servant described in Isaiah 53 and verse 12. For I say to you that this which is written must still be accomplished or fulfilled in me. Luke 22 verse 37a. The prophecy of the suffering servant's sacrificial death is both clear and recognized as both the will of God 
and the recognized culmination of the temporal life of Jesus. So John describes Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John 1, verse 29. Jesus knew and chose to accomplish the purpose for which he was called. Notice Isaiah 42 and verse 1. Behold my servant whom I uphold, mine elect in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. Also notice in Isaiah 49, verse 2 and 3, and Isaiah 50, verses 7 through 9. Reporting the servant's sacrificial assignment, Isaiah wrote, The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53 and 5. Although he was innocent of wrongdoing and undeserving of punishment, God sent his servant to die in our place. Our sins were carried by Jesus to the cross. Paul wrote, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteous of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. God's pleasure with his servant is declared through Isaiah. Therefore I will divide him a portion which is great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death. That's Isaiah 53 and verse 12. The righteous one, he became a humble servant. He consecrated his suffering. He had covenant knowledge that his sacrifice incorporates both physical and spiritual vindication, God's unmerited gift of salvation. Moses, Caleb, David, Hezekiah are spiritual models, links, patriarchs who had previously served as God's servants. They serve as foreshadowing for the revelation of God's perfect servant. God's plan demanded the death of his son, Jesus Christ. God's perfect servant made it possible for mankind to be justified. Because Jesus bore our iniquities, we can be forgiven. We can have peace. We can be healed because of what Jesus accomplished. If we repent and make Jesus our Lord and follow him, imitate him, we access his divine attributes and consequently we have the opportunity, if it be God's will, to access the perfect gift of eternal life. This lesson is yours. Thank you for being a part of this ongoing study. I pray that something has been said that is both edifying and uplifting. Next week's lesson comes from Isaiah 54, verses 1 through 10, through Isaiah 55, verses 1 through 13. And the title of the lesson is, Your Husband is Your Maker.
Again, Isaiah 54, 1 through 10, through Isaiah 55, 1 through 13. Let us pray for one another. Great and all-wise God, we approach your throne of grace with fear and trembling, recognizing your awesome majesty, your power. We thank you for your everlasting covenant to mankind. We thank you for your long-suffering, your mercy, and most graciously, your love. We ask for your forgiveness of any trespass of your love, your word. We repent and seek a greater degree of spiritual maturity. We are thankful always for your Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are thankful for the sacrifice of the body and the shed blood of Jesus Christ. It is through Jesus, by Jesus, and in Jesus that we might find our way back to you if we live faithfully unto death and if it be your will. Father, we thank you for being our God who sits high and looks low. We pray for you, those who do not know you. We pray for space and time that they may come to know you before it is everlasting and eternally too late. We pray for those less fortunate than we are. Father, we pray for those in mourning. Father, we pray for those who are poor in spirit, both near and far. Father, we pray for the sick and the shut-in and those who tend to their care. Father, we humbly ask that your long arm of protection be extended to all those in need this day. Father, thank you for this lesson, this servant song. We see our Messiah in these lessons. Father, help us to be faithful servants, selfless servants, and as needed, suffering servants for your glory. Father God, we pray for all those within the sound of my voice. Help us, Father, to sustain ourselves in your spirit and truth. These and all other blessings and favors we ask in the most gracious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Again, thank you for being part of this lesson. Reach out this week in Christian love one to another. Count it all joy. Stay safe. Bye for now.